It's time for episode 306 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, August 7th, 2019. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that's more reliable than the MBTA. I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the internet by Giggles McGee and writer of the MBTA. It is my dearly beloved step-in co-host, Brian Hamilton. Hello, Brian. I ride the MBTA to and from work every day, and unlike the MBTA, I'm so grateful that Clockwise does not randomly stop in the middle of my commute. Hi, Micah. I'm excited to talk about our awesome guests today. To my left is the platform editor at Medium's tech publication, One Zero. Can you guess who it is? It's Megan Marodi. Hello, Micah. It's been so long. I haven't seen you since um, yesterday evening when we went on a nice hike with your dogs. And to my left is the host of Vector, an editorial director at iMore, and somehow the only person with 36 hours in their day. It's Renee Ritchie. Uh, hi. I, I feel like Megan and Micah are living my better life with all this hiking and doggy talk. Uh, well, folks, we have, as you know, those four topics, but we've got only 30 minutes, so I'm going to kick things off. Here is my topic for you. After ending its air shipping contract with Amazon, FedEx says it's going to be ending its ground shipping contract soon. Let's forget FedEx and UPS trucks. We've got robots making deliveries on the ground. We've apparently got drones that are going to be in the sky. I'm curious, what do you think is next for delivery? Is it going to be drones and robots or is it going to be something else? Megan? We'll start with you. I think everybody says drones and robots, but I, I hear me out. I am going to go with teleportation. <laughs> so things will just appear, you know, when we order them on Amazon, because it will only be Amazon. They'll just teleport into our homes, which um, I and maybe they'll just be holograms. Like we won't even need the stuff. It's just the idea of the stuff because like. Oh my you know, God, this is depressing. Because, <laughs> you know, if you've had that experience where you're ordering something from Amazon and it's just like, you don't even really need it. Like just the, you know, buying process was all you needed. So that that's what I'm thinking is going to be the future. Uh, teleportation and then just holograms because we don't really need or want stuff. We just like the act of buying it. Uh, Megan absolutely stole my joke answer, which was dopamine pills, just to get the dopamine of uh, buying something on Amazon right to you immediately. Uh, For me, I I know, yeah, it's all robots and drones. That's like the hot new hotness that's happening now. But for me, I think what's actually the future of delivery is uh, people on bikes and people on foot. I know uh, some of the delivery people, I think Postmates does that now. But for me... The idea of hiring someone and paying them fairly, everyone, hmm, hmm, yes, we pay them fairly now, uh, in this ideal future. <laughs> um, people on foot and on bikes going to your local stores to get something that you need as fast as possible. It could be even 30 minutes if there's like enough of a fleet of people on bike and on foot to just 
uh, get almost anything locally you need to you. And I know that's not always feasible with things like, I don't know, Nintendo Switches or some of the obscure stuff that Amazon does so well, because the, the like the smarts of Amazon is all about figuring out what to keep in what warehouse across the country so that it can be, you know, two-hour delivery or next-day delivery. But for me, I think the best option to get things as fast as possible, especially the staples like food, is like people on bikes, people on foot, so it's more accessible to people that don't have cars or licenses or things like that. I was I was also going to just say what Megan said, but I was going to say you'd have an Amazon printer in your house, and when you pay the money, it spins up and uses its resources to sort of uh, fabricate, like, a, like the Star Trek-style uh, fabrication of whatever you ordered right in front of you. So you sort of own it, but you don't really own it, and when you pop in your gold-pressed latinum, it pops out whatever, whatever you wanted. But I, I don't know how this is going to play out because we're in this really interesting logistical revolution where we have, thanks to apps and you know internet everywhere, we have everything from Uber and Lyft to same-day delivery. And I don't know how it scales, but also don't know how it affects us socially because, to Brian's point, it's it's often terrible, terrible jobs. And I worry that it's creating two classes of people, the people who order and the people who deliver. Um, and I want there to be sustainable options. I'm not even sure FedEx and UPS are sustainable all the time, but certainly that guy in his own car who's having to lie that I'm not at home just to not get fired from his job when he, when he's supposed to be delivering on an undeliverable amount of packages, uh, has no clear future. So I really, I really hope they get on those 3D printers fast. There was, I can't remember what it was. I was watching uh, a show and, oh, it was elementary. And on the show, they were making the argument that teleportation is 3D printing or 3D printing is teleportation. And I find that a fascinating concept because if you do take something in one place and you scan it down to its very core and you reproduce that item item in a new place, then isn't that technically teleporting it? And I find that all very fascinating. So I'm certainly keeping my eye on that, and I hope that we won't just have a drone-clouded sky, because that seems not ideal to me. Let's go ahead and move on to our next topic, which comes from Megan. So Katie Reed is a journalist in Baltimore, and she had a feature this week about Find a Grave. Um, and this is, an, I don't know if you've heard of it before, but it's an online community of people sort of racing to put every physical grave online. So it it's 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 kind of bonkers that um, people out there like they so find a grave. It's owned by Ancestry.com. So there is the genealogy aspect of it as well. But these people go out and they find a grave that hasn't been put on find a grave. They take a picture and like make an online memorial. And it's really fascinating. And I wanted to talk about it because I think we don't really like to talk about death and what happens after death very much. But um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think? Like, do you like this idea of being able to visit your loved one's graves online? Do you find it uh, weird that someone might do this to you? That do you do you want to exist? Do you want your grave to exist online? Um, and, and what are the ethics here of people just putting a person's grave on the internet who may not might not want to be on the internet of all the things in the entire freaking world that i don't want crowdsourced i think my grave is number one <laughs> the fact that like i i get it why find a grave is starting to do like crowdsourcing um getting all of the graves instead of you know paying people and instead paying them with imaginary grave points like that's what bothers me the most about this whole thing is that people who are not me are incentivized to put 
my loved ones on the internet for their own grave points or whatever it is. And I've had um, some people from my high school class have started dying recently. And I've gotten the news on Facebook and be like, oh, wow, that's kind of surprising. Let me do some more research and see what happened or like do anything like that. It's extremely hard to find obituaries online and it's extremely hard to find much information about. So I think there's a place for this. Uh, I certainly don't trust Ancestry with it and I certainly don't trust Facebook with it. You know, you can make um, you can make the like memorial pages on Facebook and that always skeeved me out a little bit but what I want for my eventual online grave presence is a service that I can pay for so I know how they're getting money and they're not mining data and it's something that I have complete control over and I know like the classic you know in an ideal world it would be my own website that I have created before I die to say this is the place where my stuff goes that I don't know next of kin can make a memorial for me but I do not trust anybody to crowdsource this stuff for me it's like the most worst morbid version of Pokemon Go ever. Or it's like, and there's going to be like hover services that offer you built in who is protection for your online grave site. It's, uh, it, I mean, it really is one of the, the ongoing stark examples of how we don't have any privacy because, you know, there's probably private property that people are going on to get this information and that may or may not be illegal, but a lot of them are also public parks. And if you go in there, there probably is very little way to control them just writing down what they see. But uh, it, it makes me think this is just part of a much larger conversation that we need to have as a people about dignity uh, and, and just the value of, of our humanity, because it, there are all sorts of things you can do that maybe you just shouldn't do, even though you can. And I, I don't think we're very good about discussing that stuff yet. I feel weird because I, I when I think about a cemetery, I think about how at this very moment there are at the very least thousands of people walking over strangers graves right now and they are you know they're there to see their family member you, the, to get to your family member you've got to walk over people's graves sometimes people i've seen sit on tombstones uh they some people will leave flowers at graves that aren't theirs particularly on memorial day and things like that i like Cemeteries are already an incredibly public... Um, if one can be extremely online, one can also be extremely public. And I think that that's kind of what cemeteries are. Uh, because anybody could go and, and unless you're inside of like a mausoleum or something, there's access to that. And so I don't think that I have an issue with this concept of, hey, I know that I had relatives in this location and it would be really cool if i could go online and see that person and and know that okay their grave is there and then i when i'm planning a trip to that area then i know that i can visit that grave and say oh yeah this was my great 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 aunt and i don't know she used to pull teeth before dental surgery was a real thing um all of those those benefits that i see that are not necessarily like to expect any sort of when it comes to being alive i have gone from in the past where i used to think that you know oh who cares about privacy who cares and i've changed that whole mindset but when i think about being dead and i think about being gone and and i think about 
having gone to cemeteries, it just already feels like there's not a whole lot of privacy there. So if this has any net benefit for people being able to find relatives and things like that, or historical people, I think that's a cool concept. But I agree that there's, of course, a lot of considerations to be made for respect and and uh, certain levels of privacy. And for some people who you know, they don't want their family members necessarily to be part of this. So there should be options for, hey, take my thing off of this registry. But uh, at the end of the day, I think I'd like it if my family was here so that I could find them wherever they happen to be. Megan, any last thoughts on that topic? Well, I I mean, I want to be cremated. Most of my family that's passed um, has been cremated and so has, you know, and, and have plans to be. And I just think like we've all kind of decided that, you know, you don't want to have the you don't want to give your relatives the pressure of having to go somewhere to, you know, to honor you just like you're kind of everywhere. Or perhaps you were illegally your ashes were illegally spread somewhere where um, but don't tell anyone. That's where a lot of my grandparents are. Um, So I don't know. I mean, it's a personal choice, obviously, but I don't like I never want to think of it as a chore for someone to have to get to a place that they might not be able to access. Plus, there's just not going to be that much room for, you know, we're we're running out of room for graves. So um, yeah, that those are my my final thoughts, just generally on the idea of, of what happens after death. But in terms of um, this site and the way it's run and monitored, it's, it's fascinating, because it really is just following some of the same, um, same paths that like, you know, other unmoderated <laughs> communities uh, end up. So yeah, check out the article if you if you have 20 minutes to spare. All right, folks, we have reached halftime here at Clockwise, and that means it's time to tell you about our pals at Smile, who make the excellent Text Expander. You can unlock your productivity with Text Expander. Easily insert text snippets in any application from a library of content created by you and your team. Text Expander works everywhere you type, so you can improve your productivity and accuracy no matter what apps you use. Text Expander for Teams is awesome. It keeps everything up to date for everyone, so you all save time and nobody shares outdated information. I just recently started a new job, and at that job, I've already started thinking about all the Text Expander snippets that I need to work on that will make my job that much easier. And my favorite part, which is sharing those snippets with others who I work with to make their lives easier. It's like being that person with a stick of gum. You get to hand it and the other person gets a big smile on their face and everybody feels good. That's what having Text Expander snippets is like. That is why I love Text Expander. Now, Text Expander is available for macOS, it's available for Windows, it's available for iPhone and iPad, and it's available for Chrome. And all of you listeners out there can get 20% off your first year. You just go to textexpander.com slash podcast. That's textexpander.com slash podcast. Please do go check it out. Our thanks to Text Expander from Smile for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All righty, Brian, what have you got for us? My question to you all, wonderful people. What is your favorite technology placebo? Something that you do that you know doesn't actually help you get anything done or do anything faster, but you still like to do anyway. So mine, and I don't know if it's true or not, because I've always used keyboard shortcuts and I've been fascinated reading up on the history of graphical user interfaces and the longstanding debate about whether keyboard shortcuts are really faster than uh, using a mouse or whether it's just the way that our brain processes 
interactions that make them seem faster. And this gets into this whole perception is reality thing and the matrix and that coffee that tastes like chicken that I was talking about earlier. But just the idea that because we're doing something and we hear different sounds and we we feel different interactions, our brain records that as being a, a more effective motion than if we're moving a mouse around and clicking and our brain only counts that as as one thing. It just it makes me it's one of those things like finding out math is theoretical that just shakes my shakes my foundational belief uh, in the universe. But I'm I'm sticking with keyboard shortcuts. I don't know if they are actually faster than a than a really good graphical interface or maybe touch interface, but my brain records them as such. And that at the end of the day, that is what is most important to me. Uh, So for mine, you know, it may not be a placebo. There may be a reason for doing this, but I, I think that it's probably not necessary, but I tend to cover all of my cameras um, with, with painter's tape or something just because I feel better about it. And like I said, there's, probably every reason why I need not do that because of this security measure and that security measure. But what am I more worried or what should I pay more attention to? The fact that I feel better having done it and my anxiety is lowered or people judge me because I have it covered even though I need not. I choose to have the anxiety lowered and me feel better about the whole thing. Uh, so I cover up that webcam, even though it makes me look like a tech noob sometimes. <laughs> Megan, what is your tech placebo? Uh, I'm so glad. I was so afraid you guys would all steal mine. And I'm so glad you didn't because this one is part of my identity and I'm sticking with it. And that is swiping away um, all open apps <gasps> on iOS. <gasps> I know. I know. <laughs> I know, I know, I understand they're not, I I know that they're not taking up battery cycles. I know they're not, I know that, but I still do it and I can't stop and I love it. And it's like flipping out money, you know, the kind of gif where you're just like making it rain. Yeah. Making it rain. Yeah. Thank you, Renee. Um, I still do it. Um, it feels good. It feels like I'm doing something and, um, I, I respect that all of you, um, might want to. <laughs> unfollow me on Twitter or like no longer go on walks with me, not meet me in New York for dinner. I'm Brian. I don't know you really well yet, but maybe I never will after I say this. But but yeah, that's my that's my thing. You know what, Megan? You're brave and I'm proud of you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you all for your placebos. Thank you all for bearing your heart out and telling people the real things you really feel about technology. Uh, For me, sometimes I'll cover webcams. Sometimes I'll unplug Echoes. I'm not too concerned about that. Uh, As I said last week, I live with people who despise the Echo and like don't want me to have them in public places in the house. Uh, My main technology placebo, which I know does nothing because this is negligible, but if something doesn't pair via Bluetooth, I will throw my phone on top of it and i'll say listen you are right next to these freaking headphones why won't you pair and i know like another six inches isn't going to make any difference whatsoever but it makes me feel so much better that i'm not the reason that this bluetooth thing is not pairing and i'm going to do everything in my power to pin the blame on my phone or the headphones and that's my technology placebo thank you everyone uh renee what is your topic so we are about to hit silly season when it comes to the, the next generation of phones. We have Samsung's Galaxy Note 10 event today. Apple will presumably have an iPhone 11 event early September. Google, Google themselves is already leaking the Pixel 4 for October. 
Um, and looking at all these new phones, I'm just starting to wonder what, what do I still need them to do that they don't do already? I know I still have problems. I know they don't do everything. You know, I, I can't pour coffee out of the lightning port yet, and I would really like to do that. But what more realistic problems do you still have that you think that your smartphones should be solving um, so that these next generation of phones can do better jobs for you? Uh, you took my coffee one is the thing. It's the real <laughs> problem here. Uh, that I have. I, you know, Renee, I don't think that I have anything that I need my phone to do that it doesn't already do. Uh, well, okay. I think that, that the thing that I'd love for it to do is be able to work kind of like a universal remote does. Um, but I mean that in like the, the, general sense in the in the idea that it can it can read signals or it's programmed with signals and then use those signals elsewhere because i was thinking the other day about how nice it would be if the only device i had to bring with me was my phone or the only thing i had to bring with me was my phone rather and how would that work well first of all we're seeing uh drivers driver license uh tests with an app. So I would be in in this ideal situation, California would be a state that lets you use your uh, driver's license as part of an app as opposed to having the real thing in hand. Then I want to be able to aim the fob on my key ring at my phone and have my phone read that, that uh, radio signal or whatever it is. And then I can start to use my phone to unlock my car. Yes, listeners, I know that there are some uh, cars that have apps that you can do that with. I'm talking, I want any car to be able to do it, including my old school uh, car and not just a brand new Tesla. And then I want it to be able to use like the OBD2 port, uh, some sort of plug there that can let me start my car as well. And then I wanted to be able to, for me to put an RFID chip uh, across the back of it and have it sense the, the code that's on that so that I can get into the office at work without having to bring the key ring that has my little uh, tag on it. Basically, I wanted to, uh, and, and any cards that I have as well, to be able to, not just through Apple Pay, but some sort of uh, method for like tap to pay uh, for non-Apple Pay cards and loyalty cards and things like that. The one device to rule them all where it's the only thing I have to bring along and I don't have to have these 12 keys on my key ring and I don't have to have uh, my wallet and everything else that I need to bring along with me just to go about my day. So that's what I would love to see. I don't think anybody cares about that. In the sense, these companies, I don't think they're working on that per se. Oh, and it also controls all of my television stuff too, obviously. Um, so it's just like, it's a universal remote for my life is what I want my phone to be. But I don't think it's ever going to be that. But man, that'd be cool. Megan, what do you, what problems do you still have that you want solved? Um, I, my first instinct was to say, like, I want it to be less good, right? Like, I want it to um, be less interesting. I want it to, um, you know, be a better me and say, you don't want to look at Twitter right now. Like, you have a family. Go talk to them. But I don't really. But you can talk to them on Twitter. <laughs> right. Um. I can, actually. Uh, actually, only only my daughter's on Twitter. My husband and uh, my boys are not on Twitter. So I can only talk to her on Twitter. But good point. Um, what, when I really gave it serious thought, I realized what I really want is a smaller device with a bigger screen. 
And that, of course, is foldable, um, which was an interesting thought to have because when the foldable, you know, the, the, the foldable phone came out and then, you know, quickly did not uh, work. I My big thing was like, who needs a foldable phone? Why do you need a foldable phone? But like, I think that is what I want. Just a smaller device, something that would actually fit in a small lady's pocket and um, that I could open it up and have a bigger screen that I can look at because I have, you know, old lady eyes. So that's really what I want. I too would really like a foldable phone. But similar to Micah, my dream for my phone is to be the one device carry all anywhere and use with anything but in a slightly more techie way i want my phone to be able to be plugged into something and become my ipad or plugged into something and become my desktop or plug into something and become my tv i like there's this dream of the phone being where literally everything lives and you just like plug it into different shells to Use it for different things because all of your data is on your phone anyway. And data extraction from your phone is sometimes impossible. You know, with things like AirDrop trying to get notes or photos or things like that onto another computer just doesn't work. And what if you could just plug your phone into a empty computer shell and use that as your MacBook? And granted, Apple hasn't even solved this between iOS devices hasn't even solved it between Macs. So being able to like take a phone and turn it into a Mac in, in data only, I'm not saying like Marzipan uh, catalyst style, like merging of them, but I want the data on my phone to populate my Mac OS device when I plug it in. Uh, I know there's a few things I've tried this before. Like there was a phone that you plug into the trackpad area of a laptop and use the phone as the trackpad while it populates all the other stuff. That's cool. I'm glad that someone tried it, but I want Apple to do it and i want it to actually work this time <laughs> you know i love that my my long-term dream has been for like a little apple marble or mother box that you just keep in your pocket and all it does is local authentication and cloud connection and then you just take over whatever piece of glass is near you or it makes an ar interface for your glasses whenever you need it and that's all you ever have to worry about no more bunch of different devices just sheets of glass and ar glasses and you're good to go but in, in, in the meantime, the two things I still want them to solve, and I know we're getting there slowly, is I still have to use a big fancy camera if I want real, you know, bokeh on more than just portrait mode, or if I want it on video, or you know, if I want different depth of fields, different lens effects. Uh, and that does require a lot of glass, but I'm hopeful that we live in a world where, uh, and I should say some Android phones are, are experimenting this already, where I really can just go out with my iPhone and I can capture the way I could Maybe not with a, a red Monstro sensor, but with a fairly decent, you know, Canon or Sony camera, including all the, the bokeh that I want, all the different sort of lenses that you can get, whether it's video or whether it's um, still images, whether I want to zoom in or zoom out uh, or pen, do all those sorts of fancy things. And the second is just an assistant that that really wants to help me, you know, not necessarily Jarvis or Friday level. Um, where they know everything about me and can do it, but just just things that, that help me more during my daily life, that rem tell me about things that are incidental to what I'm doing, that'll make me more efficient in doing them, that triage a lot of stuff for me so I can just go in. Not like Google's important folder, which is just a different level of spam most of the time when I look into it, but things that it, that it really does know based on on knowledge of what I do what it can help me with. And even if I add something to a to-do list and it knows I'm never going to do it, just hide that away so I don't have to look at it in shame every day for for not doing it. So I just, I want them to be, I want them to be more helpful to me. Thank you all for that today. We've got just enough time for a bonus topic. My question for you, 
What simple thing or things do you like to do to relax? Megan, we'll start with you. I like to read in bed. Brian? I like to grocery shop and do laundry because they're things that make me feel productive and take my mind off of other things, and I can listen to podcasts while I do both. Renee? I like to hang out with my god kids because they're just a ton of fun. Aww. (laughs) Uh, For me, it is going on walks with the pups, or it is listening to audiobooks while doing pretty much anything, particularly mundane tasks. All right, folks, we have reached the end of another episode of Clockwise. All that's left is to thank our incredible guests. Megan Maroney, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. You totally rocked it. Oh, good, because, you know, I haven't podcasted in two months. I (laughs) thought that I would um, mess it all up, and and I don't think I did. No, it's like riding a bike. And Renee Ritchie, thank you so much for coming back to Clockwise. Thank you so much for having me on. It's always a delight. All right, Brian, we have done it once again. You have also rocked it, and I appreciate you for... uh, being my pinch hitter so often you are great oh thank you so much i can't wait to do a uh, grocery shopping audiobook listening date with you <laughs> that sounds lovely all that's left is to remind our listeners out there watch what you say and keep watching the clock bye everybody <laughs>